Thank you so, so much. Hey, I love having the kids down here. This is really special. For those of you that cannot see or the children that sang, so many of them down here, you guys did such a good job. Hi, honey. Merry Christmas to you, honey. How are you? Merry Christmas, you guys. You excited about Christmas tomorrow morning? Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. Can't wait. Can't wait. You know, um, Craig already read this verse, but I, I'd, I'd like to repeat it if I may. This verse is is really the essence of why we gather together. It's it's the essence of what we would consider this time of the year so special for those of us who have placed our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. For those of you who are visiting, thank you so much for being here. We are honored that you would come and spend this uh, this time with us. And, and we just kind of consider the moment that this day uh, brings about tomorrow morning. He said in Isaiah, the ninth chapter, in the sixth and seventh verse, Craig read, a child is going to be born to us. A son is going to be given to this world. And then he makes this statement concerning this one that was going to be born. We now know that he was born in Bethlehem. We now know he was born in a manger. It says the governments are going to rest upon his shoulders. His name is going to be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And there'll be no end to the increase of his government nor of his peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, he will establish it with justice and righteousness. The zeal of the Lord of hosts, it says, will accomplish these things. This time of the year, Christmas, brings about a lot of thoughts, perhaps in your heart as well as it does mine, especially as you get older. When you get older, you think back on all that this time means. Just the smell of Christmas. My wife makes a dish that was passed on from my mother, that was passed on from her mother. It's a Croatian dish. We call it sarma. I don't know what really it's called. That's what we call it. Boy, it's killer. It is so good. And it just fills the house with this aroma, this beautiful aroma. If you ever come over and during the holidays, is about the only time we have it, it seems, we'll feed it to you. We, we, uh, <laughs> you either love it or you hate it. I'll say that for it. We once were invited by our neighbors over. They were a Mexican family, just as nice as could be. And they had kids. And so they invited us over for some Mexican food. And they asked us to bring something. So we brought some sarma. Boy, those kids, they hated it. They absolutely hated it. And you know how kids will do is, this tastes terrible. Well, Merry Christmas, you know. <laughs> But I understood that. You either uh, loved it or you didn't like it. And so you think about the things of Christmas, at least I do. You think about the smells of Christmas. You think about the, the, the memories you have when you were a child and, and, and all that is about this time of the year. And so I, I thought about it as I thought, what would we say concerning to those that, that are visiting with us, guests? Some of you uh, don't come to church very often and... And we're just honored that you're here tonight. 
If you live in the area, we would love for you to come back and, and visit with us. But have you ever considered what the reason of this child that was born in the manger, why we as Christians celebrate this time of the year so much? If I may, I, I would love to have the scriptures to answer that question, not me. But first, kind of fit in with this whole idea of, of why Christ, the baby, was born. I'd like to ask you a question before, if I may. You don't need to answer it out loud, of course. It's just a question that you might want to ponder in your own heart. As you celebrate this time of the year with friends and family, I would ask you to ask yourself a question. What is your purpose in life? You see, it is a critical question for all of us to ask. What is our purpose in life? I know we get going and, and, and we rush and we rush and we rush and before we know it, it's one year after another year after another year and you're doing what you do and, and your life just goes on. And, and sometimes we can get lost within that whole framework of this, this life that we live that spins so fast and we, and we wonder, what's it all about? What's the purpose of life? Most of us, sadly, have no idea. We have no idea what we're trying to accomplish, just trying to get one day passed by the next. My son called me this morning. He wanted to tell me he loved me, wanted to wish me a Merry Christmas, and, and he told me he was going to work. And... Um, he said he had to work another at least a half a day to try to make ends meet. And sometimes in that fashion we can, we can start living our lives so quickly and doing so much that we've lost perhaps the purpose of our lives. I've often asked us here at church, we've been studying through a book called the book of Ephesians. And I've asked us to consider what is our purpose? What is it that we desire to accomplish? And, and we've, we've learned that, that Paul, who wrote the book of Ephesians, he, he told us, didn't he, when he wrote in the fourth chapter, the first verse. You, you might want to look it up sometime. It, it says, he says, I want you to walk. I want you to walk in a a manner that is worthy of your calling. Now the crux of that statement, your calling is critical to know. What is our calling in life? Working a, a job nine, eight to five, and nowadays probably seven in the morning to seven at night. What's our purpose? I thought he was going to say. But I, you know, I was hoping. I don't know either. What is our calling in life? You see, to know our calling, to, to understand what is, what is it that we are to do on this earth in which we live, this time in which we live, it's something that every single one of us ought to seek. 
When I was younger, I worked in the ministry with athletes. I found it critical to deal with the athletes in such a way that, that I didn't do so much to move them along their career. That was, that was up to the manager, the coaches, the staff. That, that was their job, to make them better athletes. That was their job. One of the critical jobs that I thought that was mine, working with these athletes in a ministry, was to prepare them for the, for the day that they cannot play anymore. To prepare them for that time when, when they get fired, or they get released, or they just can't, they can't cut it anymore. Then what? Then what is their purpose in life? And that was a question that very few people asked these wonderful, gifted athletes. What will you do when you retire? Well, that was back then. Today, they don't have to do anything. They make so much money. They could just kick back and relax. But even at that, you and I know that just to kick back and relax is no way to live your life. There should be a purpose, a, a reason that we live. You see, I believe it is the truest statement that, that you can find. This is not biblical. It's just a statement. A life that is lived, that is aimed at nothing in particular, is a life that will probably achieve nothing in particular. We need to have a goal. We need to have a, a purpose for life. Let's get back to the original question. The question that I asked about the birth of Jesus Christ and the life. You see, He had a purpose. He lived, more importantly, tomorrow morning we celebrate His birth, the birth of the baby born in a manger. He lived simply, He said, to save us from our sin. That was His purpose. He summarized his whole life in one simple but profound statement. It's in the book of Luke. It's the 19th chapter. It's the 10th verse. It simply says this. Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, came, basically was born, to seek and to save the lost. To seek and to save the lost. Jesus Christ was so focused, so purposed on what He was to do with His life that He knew exactly when it was to begin. One day He was at a dinner, a wedding dinner. They ran out of wine. His mother looked at Him and said, Do something about it. You know what He said to her? He said, Mom, my time has not yet come. He knew when it was to begin. At the end of his life, when they took him, this baby that was born in a manger grew up, of course, to be a man, and they crucified him. They, well, a symbol of all the churches, at least Christian churches, is the cross. Every church you, you go into will more than likely have a cross. It's the very symbol of, of our Savior. And at the cross, he knew it was 
the exact time that he was to fulfill everything that he was to do. It was on the cross in, in the book of John, the 19th chapter, in the 30th verse, that he uttered these words. It is, do any of you know? Finished. Listen to these people. Isn't that great? It is finished. My job on this earth, I knew when it would begin and I knew when it would end. How many of us can say that? How many of us understand our purpose that well? During his life, even though Jesus Christ spent it a short time on this earth, 33 years, he spent it with a multitude of people, mostly people who were sick, mostly people who had tremendous problems in one way or another. Last week we spoke of, of a, a blind man that was born blind and that Jesus Christ gave him sight. It was a very interesting message, to, if I must say so myself. Not so much from me. We just read out of the ninth chapter of the book of John. I'm not saying I did anything special. It, it was just what the Lord wrote. And he gave this man sight. And so he hung around with people very sick, people who had tremendous problems, and yet and still he saw the beauty of life. He saw the beauty of life in the midst of all of that. For over three decades, he waddled through the muck and the mire of terrible sin. And yet, and yet, he saw enough beauty in people like you and me, enough beauty in us that he still decided to go to the cross and die for our mistakes, our sin. I found a great verse, two of them really, about purpose in life and about this one that is the baby that was born in a manger. It's in the Old Testament, Isaiah, it's the 45th chapter, excuse me, I take that back. It's the 49th chapter. It's verses 15 and 16. He says something about himself that compares himself to a nursing mother. Ladies, you'll love this verse. It says, Can a woman forget her nursing child? Can a woman have no compassion on the child of her womb? He says, even though some may forget, he says, I will not forget. And then it writes this, gentlemen, listen, listen. He says, behold, I have inscribed you. In other words, I have inscribed your name, it says, on the palms of my hands, said Jesus Christ. Actually, God, in this instance, this baby that was born in the manger. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 16, He has inscribed our names on the palms of His hands. Quite a thought, isn't it? Another mystery, of course, to think that your name, your name, think that our names are written on the palms of the baby born in the manger's hands. That's amazing to me. Uh, maybe you've seen your name written somewhere. Perhaps you had some success in a newspaper. They said something 
nice about you. Or maybe you received a, an award that had your name written on it. Or maybe the, a star on a door. And you're about to perform and it has your name written on that door. Maybe some of us have seen our names in places we're not so proud of. Perhaps a, a police blotter an arrest paper, a certificate of divorce. Perhaps you have never seen your name honored. And you can't remember when you've heard that your name was spoken of in kindness. And therefore, it, it might be a little more difficult for you to believe that God Almighty has your name written on the palm of His hand. And yet and still we are told, ladies and gentlemen, young people, we are told that God says, I love you. I know you. Your name I know personally. In a nutshell, that's why the baby was born in the manger. In a nutshell, that's why we celebrate this time of the year. It's the love of this baby who grew up to be a man who sacrificed his life for us. After all, it does say in a verse that almost anyone that ever went to church knows in John 3.16, For God so loved the world. So loved the world this baby born in a manger so loved the world that He gave God His only begotten Son, that child. So any and every single one of us who believe in Him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. Listen now. The baby that we celebrate tomorrow morning he didn't come so much so that He would have life. <laughs> he is, after all, eternal. Life wasn't uh, a problem for Him. No, no. He came so that you and I would have life. Eternal life. You see, the gift of eternal life that He brings to you it must be taken. He cannot force it upon you. You know that well. He can't make you become a, a believer. He can't make you become a Christian. He can't make you go to church. You can do what you wish. Well, somebody made you come tonight. I understand that. There was a day when you'd have to drag me to church. I guarantee you. It had to be for Sarma. It had to be for Sarma. <laughs> That's why I'd come to church. Mom said, you don't go. You don't get sarma. I'll go. I'll go. But He cannot force you. Neither can we, to be honest with you. Nobody can. On the other hand, as I've experienced, nobody can stop me from being a believer either. They might try someday. They really might try someday. But they won't be able to because He lives in here. Some place that nobody can stop. And so the baby that was born in the manger came to give us a gift. We give gifts tomorrow. Some of you, maybe tonight. 
And so what we do as a body of believers, and what we do as a church, is we plead with you. We beg of you, please do not walk away from your gift of eternal life, the greatest gift that anyone would ever be able to give to you. Don't walk away from the very reason that Jesus Christ came to this earth. Don't walk away from that very purpose that he was born in a manger, a child, and wanted to give you eternal life. Rather, we plead with you, come to him. Accept his love, accept his care. Accept it this Christmas season, if you would, and and may it be with you throughout all the years that lie ahead of you. Take, take this gift of love this Christmas. Accept what the baby born in the manger wants to give to you. You who, he has his, your name written on the palm of his hand. He came here for a purpose. That was to seek and to save the lost. He came to give you a purpose in life as well. We just wish you a very merry Christmas. And we, thanks, and we just ask that you will be blessed by God, not only this Christmas season. Craig, you can come on back up if you want. But not only this Christmas season, but throughout this year. Now we're going to have a little more music, I believe. A few more verses, I believe. And then we'll let you go. And I hope your dinner is as good as Sarma. I swear I do. Thank you. Thank you. That was the perfect place to put that.